You are listening to the Autumn of Pit podcast. Hey, hey, oddballs, welcome to episode 23 of the Odd and Offbeat podcast. That's the Deuce Trace. Yes, it is the Deuce Trace. Uh, I am Matt Bates. That's also what it's called in the toilet after I take a dump yeah, yeah. and I leave the two, mark. Two plus one. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that our 23rd episode is coming out on the October 23rd. That's our golden episode. It is our golden episode. I am Matt Baker, and the man who's talking about his bowel movements is the incisive Louis Fox. That's right. Those are my favorite teeth, my incisives. <laughs> Did you get your incisives taken out when you were a kid? Yeah. They were like, these incisives need to leave. <laughs> you know what I heard? I heard uh, I heard this story about rehabs. Essentially, insurance companies charge rehabs like 1500 bucks to check someone's urine. Wow. Right? So Yeah, the rehab probably bills whoever... 1500 bucks Correct. for the service. Yes. But then they'll do it like three times a week. Yeah. And then uh, and then you get 30 patients doing that three times a week. I mean, it adds up. They call it liquid gold. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. Like this sort of hustle that these rehabs are yeah. sort of making money off people's uh, issues. It's brutal, man. Well, all that, anything in the United States that's remotely tied to rehab is a gazillion dollars. Yeah. It's just bananas. The sort of how our structures of recovery for even like physical health, mental health. Mm-hmm. It's like you should not be able to get rich off of people's pain and and struggles. Yeah. And uh, their illnesses. Like, I mean, a doctor makes got to make some money. No, I mean, it should make a living. <laughs> but yeah. like to, to sort of like, you know, to make millions of dollars off of like people's urine analysis. I mean, yeah. this is freaking crazy. Anyways, so, <laughs> I just like the term liquid gold <laughs> and referring to pee. Uh, so what's going on, man? Anything? Nothing super crazy. Um, I was last week. I had a hit a realization in my life that the quietest point in my week, where there's not noise around me, is probably when I'm on an airplane. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? It's Everyone, loud on an airplane. Well, you get that white noise, but people don't really like talk loud, or there's not like crap clinking around. Yeah, I mean, it's quiet at my house all the time. Yeah, because you don't have a kid. Oh, yeah, I don't have. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Is your kid loud? They make noise. Watching TV or, you know. Giving you attitude. Giving me sass. Yes. <laughs> the volume of stank is loud. I I can hear her stares from across the room. <laughs> her disappointment in her father. Yeah, I can hear her disappointment. <laughs> in your deuce trace. Yes. Dude, that's my favorite is taking the dump on the plane. Oh, oh that's the worst. Oh, it's the I best. I will avoid that at all costs. Here's I think I've only had to do that once in my life. Because I know, I know seat 30A and D get full effect of it. I love it when you go into the bathroom and someone's like st- stunk it up. They're like, it smelled like that before I got in there. And you're you're like, like, I'm not going in there you're now. You're like, I've been standing here for eight minutes waiting for you to get out. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing. You're waiting and you're just like, how bad is this going to be when I get in there? Yeah. Counting the minutes. You're like, ah, oh, 10 minutes in there. My favorite stinking up first class. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. I, some, I've been yelled at for going into the first class bathrooms. Like, you know, usually I'm status. So I'm like the first row not, behind, first yeah. row behind first class. And so the line will be long, like way at the back for the bathroom. And so the first class, there's nothing. So I'll go through the curtain 
and be like, dude, you can't use this bathroom. I'm like, look at the line back there. There's 30 people in well, line. There's nobody it, in line here. I think you should be able to go, hey, I'm status with your airline. And they should go, okay, go ahead. Well, I just don't get it. It's like, dude, it's a bathroom. I'm not stealing seats. I'm not here like stealing your steak and potatoes that you earned yeah. or, or that you, you got <laughs> you, served. You paid $283 for. Yeah. It's like, I'm not trying to jack your free rum and Cokes. Like, I'm just, I'm just going pee, man. Yeah. Just taking a, I'm just pissing all over your yeah. rum and Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just practicing for my UA. I'm going to sell some uh, some clean urine. Got some liquid gold up here. Some liquid gold. <laughs> have you ever had mile high liquid gold? <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> it's the only kind. <laughs> so, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not much. Just hanging out at the house. Um, sort of sorting through all my business stuff. And you getting your affairs in order? <laughs> I am getting my affairs in order. It's tough. Well, you saw it today. Like I, I texted my agent. I'm like, where's my money? <laughs> Where's my money? And then, and then you go, wait a minute. <laughs> well, then he t- my agent texted me back and he's like, I sent your money like weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's on my, it's on my desk. It's just buried in mail. <laughs> just, Where's my money? So can you Im- imagine when you were living in your van doing hacky sack, <laughs> you would be yelling at your agent, Where's my money? Where's my money? <laughs> when it's just, just sitting on your desk. I know. <laughs> In, uh, in an envelope with giant dollar signs on it. Sometimes I feel bad for my agent because this is not an uncommon <laughs> sort of situation. <laughs> where I'll be like, dude, where's my money? He's like, dude, you cashed that check four weeks ago. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. You're right. I did. All right. Well, uh, let's. you want to get to the stories? Let's do it. All right. Let's get to some weird news. This story comes from independent.co.uk. That's a news source more reliable than a blind police sketch artist. <laughs> yes, it definitely is more reliable than that. <laughs> story goes, man attacked by shark was previously mauled by a bear and bitten by a rattlesnake. I don't seem to have a lot of luck. But it's kind of lucky in unlucky situations is the under that title. <laughs> it's kind of lucky. In and, and then it has a dude. Uh, <laughs> What's next? He's going to get stabbed by an armless guy. <laughs> we did that story, actually. Yeah, we did. We should double check the names. <laughs> a man who has previously been attacked by a bear and a rattlesnake has now been bitten by a shark. <laughs> what this guy do? Kill a black cat by throwing it at a mirror and then breaking it under a ladder? <laughs> Yeah. My, my advice would be stay indoors and become a bubble boy. Yeah, dude, I'm not going to a zoo with this dude. <laughs> stay away. Dylan McWilliams was bodyboarding in Hawaii last week when he felt something grab his leg. It's never like another person, right? Yeah, you no, know, it's never like, like, ah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's never like the Jaeger bomb girls. <laughs> You've been Rickrolled. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's definitely a shark. (laughs) After looking down and seeing a trail of blood, the 20-year-old told local media, I didn't know if I lost half my leg or what. I don't know. I would think I have two superpowers. One is getting bitten by animals, and the other is living. (laughs) That would be the worst superpower (laughs) ever. You're going to get hurt a lot, (laughs) and you're not going to (laughs) die. Looking down, he added that he spotted a six to eight foot 
tiger shark. After some frantic kicking, Mr. McWilliams managed to escape the creature and swim back to shore. Clear bite marks could be seen on the wound on his leg, which required seven stitches. He's like, I shouldn't have worn my chum axe body spray. (laughs) That's probably better smelling than most backs body spray. (laughs) Ladies love it, and so do the sharks. (laughs) It's kind of crazy, Mr. McWilliams told the BBC. I don't seem to have a lot of luck, but it's kind of lucky in unlucky situations. Yeah, you would think? Yeah. I don't think he should ever say, I'm lucky to be bitten by three different deadly animals. It's like it's his family tradition. My granddad got bit by a shark and a bear. So did my father. Now me. (laughs) His father before that. (laughs) We come from a long line of shark bear attack victims. (laughs) It is the third time that he has had a potentially deadly run in with an animal. Last July. Last July, he was suckling on the teat of a cow and he's lactose intolerant. Last July, the Colorado native found himself in the jaws of a bear (laughs) during a camping trip in his home state of Colorado. This black bear grabbed me by the back of the head and I was fighting back, poking it in the eye until it let me go, he said. Who knew that's how you get a bear to let you out and do the three stooges? (laughs) (laughs) He hit it with a frying pan. Called a numbskull. <laughs> you numbskull. <laughs> Mr. McWilliams, who teaches survival skills. Why would this guy be teaching survival yeah. skills? Well, obviously he well, has them. Yes, right. All he, right, who would you take survival he skills? He should not be teaching survival. He should be teaching... Escape? Yes, yeah, es- escape skills. <laughs> escape techniques. <laughs> yeah. This is how you get out of a Korean prison. <laughs> Which is also on his list of things he's done. He's been in a North Korean prison. He's been in an Iranian prison. (laughs) He teaches survival skills. He was shown by his grandfather as a child. So it is a family tradition. He managed to put them to good use and escape the 300-pound creature's clutches. He has a series of scars and nine staples on the back of his head. That is crazy. Wow. Mr. McWilliams, who said he has always aspired to be like crocodile hunter Steve Irwin. (laughs) And die horribly and tragically on TV for all to see. (laughs) That's a good call. Uh, Was also bitten in the leg by a rattlesnake three years ago while out hiking in Utah. This guy should just not leave home. No, not at all. Can you imagine what his insurance premiums are? He's like you with health insurance. (laughs) I bet he has health insurance. They're more likely to give this guy health insurance than they are to give me (laughs) health insurance. He said he kicked something he thought was a cactus when the venomous creature struck. What did a cactus ever do to him? Because, you know, a cactus and a rattlesnake look exactly the same. (laughs) One's 10 feet tall and a plant, and the the other's two inches tall and a rattlesnake. I was like, oh, this guy just loves nature and he's out doing his thing. Now I think he's kind of a douche. Yeah. What is he doing just kicking a cactus? You know, like, what, what are you so pissed about, dude? You're hiking. Yeah. But he chose not to go to hospital as the injury was only a dry bite. Dry bite? bite. Is that that the rattlesnake version of like middle school sex? (laughs) It's just a dry bite. That's what they call hickeys. It's a dry bite. Although he said he did get sick for several days from the small amount of venom. I like how he took it though. He's like, yeah, anti-venom? No. No. Pro-venom. Well, he's got to have something to teach in his class, a survival (laughs) class. What is this guy going to get attacked by next? I wonder how this guy's going to die. He's going to be the first visitor to the new Jurassic Park. (laughs) I think he's going to die of a cold. Admitting that his family worry about him, he said he was nonetheless supportive of their adventures, adding that the attacks would not put him off spending time in the great outdoors. I wouldn't let him leave the house. No. I don't blame the shark. I don't blame the bear. And I don't blame the rattlesnake, he added. But I blame the cactus. But I blame the damn cactus. (laughs) 
it's very progressive not blaming anyone though he's you know it's very like dude nature's gonna do what nature does yeah the bear had a bad day man you know yeah. you don't know what's going on in his life he got laid off and his old lady was nagging him <laughs> the back of my head looked like a big juicy cantaloupe <laughs> He looked at me and all he saw was a big ribeye with legs. <laughs> he is now waiting for his leg wounds to heal so he can get back in the water. The Kraken's going to get him. Yeah. With his lifestyle, he knows he can't rule out another animal attack in the future, he said. No. He's going to later find out that he has a rare skin disease that makes him more delicious to animals. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Doctor's like, you survived all this. We finally know why. <laughs> yeah. This cat's going to eat him. So... Moral story is don't go camping with this dude. Yeah. I think it's funny that he loves Steve Irwin. He should, this guy should start his own wild outdoor animal program like Steve Irwin. He's like, watch as I bait this bear to bat my head like a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's go in and see if he can do it. Let's go see. It's just him applying flavors to his body. <laughs> or, or maybe he was attacked by a shark and a rattlesnake, but the bear was just a big dude with lots of hair. <laughs> I found myself late night at the end of a bar. He bought me a drink. This man with lots of hair stumbled over and caressed my bosom. He was just a furry. <laughs> uh, this, this guy's crazy. It's the feel-good story of the summer. <laughs> I think so. And now, it's time for Strange Stories from the Time Capsule with Dr. Henry. In Renaissance France, a woman could take her husband to court if he was impotent. news story number two all right this story is it's i wouldn't say it's completely weird it's just more interesting and cool and i happen to have a personal connection to this particular story it's heartwarming a little bit it comes from kyma.com that's a news source more reliable than a puzzle from the goodwill having all the pieces yeah that never happens <laughs> the one time it does you're like that's the signal for the end of times <laughs> Prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> so this is under the pets category of this particular website, and it starts... Res I like that the website has a pets. It's like hard news, local news, stabbings, pets. Telemundo 3. Telemundo 3. <laughs> Which is my favorite Telemundo. <laughs> Como se dice meow. Uh, so it starts out, rescue dogs achieve worldwide fame. Feather and Geronimo soar to new heights. Ooh. And uh, this starts in Frederick, Maryland. Two rescue dogs have jumped their way into the record books. Feather, a greyhound, holds the Guinness World Records title for highest jump by a dog, launching herself over a height of 75 and a half inches. Which is interesting they didn't do it in metric, because... If you've broken some world records, so have I. Yeah. And everything I had to do was in metric. I don't think I had to. Oh. <laughs> I don't think anything was metric. So Border Collie Geronimo is another jumping champion, holding two world records, most skips by a dog in one minute at 91, and most double Dutch style skips by a dog in one minute at 128. You know, there's another dog, Geronimo, that has world records for most jumps out of a plane. Oh, really? No. 
Oh, okay. Well, it's funny because um, I work with this dog show quite a bit and I know these people and the dog that doing double dutch is one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Does it do like trick double dutch tricks? No. I, come on. Does, what do you mean? Does it oh, clap yeah. and do the like, yeah. mama, mama, yeah. sitting on a tree. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it does back. No, it does, I think it does do a backflip, but not in the double dutch. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this dog can do a backflip. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, the K9 stars have much in common. They are both rescue dogs and they have the same owner. Samantha Vale of Frederick adopted both pets and also trained them for their record-breaking feats. I'm glad that she's training them to jump instead of, you know, helping uh, people with disabilities, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's important. <laughs> Making our world a richer place. <laughs> she, you know, she can go to the senior center instead of them petting them. They get to watch them jump. jump. Yeah. Everyone loves a dog show, though. Val started teaching dogs when she was 15 and has been doing it ever since. She said she practices with both dogs frequently, adding it only took six weeks for Geronimo to master the double dutch technique, while Feather trains three times a week to increase her jumping stamina. How do you, you figure this out? You're like, my this dog jumped on the couch. This dog jumped over a fence. This dog jumped a kid into a gang. <laughs> right. I love that she trains three times a week. Like, you know, it's like she's a boxer training for a match. Yeah. Like, wakes up, downs a raw egg. <laughs> You know, goes up the rocky steps. <laughs> Val said the key to coaching the dog is not comparing them to each other, but responding to each animal's needs as well as having a lot of patience and being consistent. See, that's where my parents went wrong training me as a youth. They, they were compared us to each other. Yeah. Instead of looking at my individual strengths. That's why you can't jump. Yeah, yeah. My individual strengths were cutting high school, uh, yeah. <laughs> ditching classes. <laughs> And just general truancy. <laughs> I feel like people have a lot of misconceptions about rescue dogs, Val said. Like, oh, someone threw it away. There must be something wrong with it. But I really enjoy taking people's throwaway animals and making them into something great. You know what's weird? I mean, this may be a West Coast thing, but if you have an animal that's not a rescue, people are like, gross. Yeah. You got that from a breeder? I know. You're killing the world. I like how one person's trash is another person's <laughs> trash. <laughs> Guinness World Record. <laughs> if only that couch I had when I was 20 years old that I found on the street uh, could get probably Guinness World Record for most STDs. Uh, well, um, since I know... In the couch, not in me. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, since I know Sam, why don't we give her a call and actually talk to her about it? Let's do it. it. All right. Hey Sam, how are you? Going all right. How are you guys doing? Doing well. All did right. uh, did we wake you up, Sam? Yes, I was napping out <laughs> on my porch swing. It's so nice today. <laughs> now you're on the East Coast. Yes, I'm in Maryland right now on the East Coast. Wow, so it's a sweet one o'clock nap. I like it. Nice. Or two yeah. o'clock. What time do you normally? How many dogs do you own? Um, I own and live with nine dogs right now. Holy crap. What time do you have to get up to sort of tend to their needs? Well, you know, they'll go out for the last time, probably around like midnight. And then they'll let me sleep till like nine or 10. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Normally. That's not terrible. No. All right. So my do- first question about training dogs, how do I get my dog not to wake me up at 6 a.m. to go to the bathroom? Oh, man, you probably want to let him out at like, you know, 3 a.m. and then go to the Hopefully things will work out for you. <laughs> so the key is the 3 a.m. potty so I don't get up at 6. Well, I've worked with Sam many times, and, you know, you're pretty strict and hard-nosed with your dogs. Like, they are, like, in line when she talks to them, right? Is that a technique, or is that just the way you go about it? With, with my own personal dogs, yeah. I mean, I don't like to let them get away with anything. I feel like 
once I start letting them get away with something, you know, they're going to want them to get away with more and more. So I'm really strict when it comes time to, like, obedience and things like that. But, I mean, out there on that show, like, they know all their tricks and they're, uh, they're having a good time. Yeah. You're like, do not wake me up before 10 o'clock. Whatever you do. <laughs> Don't you dare. Never. I'll starve you forever. No, <laughs> it's Whiskey Wednesdays. <laughs> right. Thursday mornings, a noon noontime pee break. That's right. We read an, art, an article about the Guinness World Records uh, for your dogs, and we're just wondering when you are adopting a dog, are there particular traits that you're looking for when you're adopting? Aside from cuteness, are you looking for dogs that can do tricks or speak Spanish or are good at math? Well, you know, I don't really care what language they speak, but they really do need to uh, be really into toys and really into food. Like when I pull out a toy, like, you know, their eyes need to go full light up mode and they, you know, I want a dog that's tugging and wants to retrieve. And, you know, if I pull out a treat, I want a dog that's really interested in food. Those are the traits that I look for when, when I'm looking for an, for another dog. So that's that's because you can get them to do what you want them to do for those particular yeah, things. I mean, I do a lot of like motivational training. So it's like, you know, they have, they have to You're like, if you can dream it, you can do yeah. it, dog. <laughs> Close your I mean, eyes and picture I yourself. Mean, it, is, it is real. I mean, if, if I can see like this dog, you know, doing this trick inside my head, like it, it, it can't be done. Could you teach a dog how to do a limbo? You know, I've actually even asked that before. I don't know why like people want to see this. I'm like, I, I guess. I mean, I'm thinking about it in my head right now and I'm like... Like, are you thinking, like, having the dog, like, stand on its hind legs and, like, actually, like, you know... Yeah, actual limbo rules. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> none, like, none of this canine limbo <laughs> crap. I mean, I don't know if their spines can Yeah, I guess they way. couldn't bend that way. possible. They could ch- go under with the chin, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. It could lay on its back and shimmy. It could, it could. If I can teach a dog to shimmy, I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. Could you teach a dog... a banging dog, but not a shimmy dog. Could yeah. you teach it to twerk? I was just going to ask that. If you have actually seen uh, our show, which Matt Baker has, you would know that we do have a twerking dog. Do you? Matt, Matt's normally in the back drinking by the time you're <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess Matt's not paying attention, but yeah, the, the oldest dog in the show, Chico, he's 16, and he will uh, oh, yeah, I, rub yeah. his booty against this hula hoop, yeah, and my boss will, will say, oh, look, he's twerking, and it gets a great laugh. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, actual twerk, like, you know, stripper twerk. Yeah, like, Matt, Matt wants to be <laughs> motivated to throw dollars at the dog. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I, I guess it can be done. I, I, could see, I could see it inside my weird little head, so I don't see that can be done. <laughs> so... How many world records total do your dogs have? I have three right now, three world records. Now, here's the million-dollar question. Are you jealous of the dog's world records? A little bit. I mean, I know that I'm not cool enough, you know, as standalone Sam to have a world record, but, you know, my dogs are cool enough to have a world record, so there's a little bit of jealousy. That's pretty pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. What what is something that you are working on that you are allowed to talk about? Like future Guinness World Records, a new trick or something in particular that like you're excited about? I'm kind of excited about this new border collie that I have. Oh, I guess he's not really that new anymore. I've had him almost a year, but I feel like anything that I've tried to teach this dog, like he's been able to learn and learn really, really fast. Like before Geronimo, I think was the only dog in the world that that could actually double dutch. Took me six weeks to get her to double dutch, and uh, back in December. I taught it to Rocky in like one week. Wow. Like he picked it up. And he he jumps even faster than her. I know when the time comes, he will break Geronimo's record. But wow. I don't want that to happen right now. But I know that he can do it. That's crazy. You know he something you won't be able to teach him? Thumb wrestling. <laughs> Probably not. That might be a smidge hard. But uh, 
it's an interesting idea. You, you, could, cr- you, you could crush it rock, paper, scissors <laughs> if he always throws paper. <laughs> With this double Dutch, do you ever worry about someone's going to get all mad at you for your cultural appropriation of the Dutch? Um, I, it hasn't been uh, discussed yet. No one's has brought that to my attention, so I don't worry too much about it. But thanks, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> now it's going to be in the back of her mind the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> double, double Amsterdamian. <laughs> So I've worked with you a few times and I've never seen another dog double Dutch. Is your dogs the only dogs in the world that does that? Are you the only trainer that can train that? Because I remember once I asked you how you taught the dog and you were like, I can't talk about it. I mean, I'm really secretive with any technique that I use. Like I'm just a paranoid person. For me, like, you know, this is this is my career. If 10,000 other people are out there doing double Dutch, how special is it going to be? Like, That's I true. never tell people how I do anything. Yeah. So Everyone I, always asks me, how do you get your dog to do a backflip? You know, I'm known for, like, my backflips, too. Like, every single dog I have, aside from the greyhound, and the young, young puppy can, can backflip. And everyone's like, well, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. Just do it. I don't tell I, anyone anything. I picture in my head you have a room in your basement with gymnastic videos playing, and, like, the dog's eyes are held open like in a clockwork orange. <laughs> Well, you have most of that description right, except for, you know, the creepy part at the end. <laughs> the basement and the gymnastics videos are right. Just not the, the taping the of the The gymnastic eye. mats are down, and it is it is a basement, but uh, no one's eyes are being peeled back or anything <laughs> weird like that. But we are training. Yeah, do you think you could translate um, your training techniques to other animals aside from dogs? I mean, I imagine all animals are driven by stimulation food toys and stuff could is that something you could maybe transfer to like a chinchilla or like a rabbit or parrot or something before i had dogs you know i had i had a cat and i did teach this cat how to do some tricks but more recently uh two years ago my boyfriend and i got a, a parakeet and we loved this little parakeet so much and you know he was a free-flying parakeet we taught him how to do like a bunch of tricks like my boyfriend at the time started you know training him just with a target stick you know he would touch his beak to the stick and you know he would get you know some bird seed or whatever and then we just started going further and further with it you know he could uh wave and like push a ball around and spin and weave through your, your little fingers and stuff wow and recall on command like he knew a lot of tricks he was great Jeez. That's how my greyhound ate him. What? <laughs> 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 it's the first time I'm, I'm ever talking publicly about Boomer and his tragic accident, but oh. it happened, and he was a great bird, and he knew a lot of tricks. The greyhound saw him as competition yeah. and was like, I'm the star of this show. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is this was like right when I first got her, too. Like it was, She wasn't even a part of the show, and I came home, and I was, I was mortified. I died. Wow. So I, I imagine the Greyhound jumping, I mean, I've, you know, seen it live and it's pretty phenomenal. I, I would assume that's not a, a trait that's sort of inherent by Greyhounds. You know, before I got the Greyhound, when I was actually looking for the Greyhound, I was turned down by four or five different rescue groups that, you know, knew what I wanted to do with this Greyhound. They're like, whoa, no, like that, that'll never happen. These dogs don't jump. They're not food motivated. They definitely don't play with toys. They just sleep all day. Like, I was about to just give up and go buy a Greyhound puppy or something. Uh-huh. And then, finally, I found this one lady in Virginia that's like, oh, yeah, you know, I have Greyhounds that are service dogs. I have, you know, this lady adopted a Greyhound, and it's the only fly ball playing Greyhound in North America. So, like, she, like, really believed in this breed. So, 
I went and picked out Feather and came on with Feather, and she's been great, aside from the bird murder. <laughs> you, got, you got to have a little got a teardrop tattoo on that dog. <laughs> I, I have to, you know. I mean, it's something I look at. I look at that dog, and I'm like, Feather, you're great, but, oh, that was really uncalled for. Aww. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, there's an awesome dog, though. So, real quick, do you have any training techniques for to get my daughter to do her homework? Get your daughter to do her homework. You can try a little bit of a little bit of treat motivation. What snacks does your kid like? <laughs> she, she loves uh, Cheez-Its. So just she like I, I like that too. I mean, like every time she gets a question, right, I'd be dropping a cheese in front of her. Yeah. Can, can I use a clicker on her? Do you think that'd be effective? <laughs> totally. Every time she gets the question right, you mark it with a click and you drop the cheese it. Perfect. <laughs> I I think just a shock collar. Every time she gets it wrong, she gets shocked. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, it's a kid. It's not a dog. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's a teenager. It's totally cool. Yeah. Oh, if it's a teenager, you could shock a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> just not a young child go to treat motivation when you work with the young children is there like a like a dog performers like facebook group where you all swap stuff um i wouldn't say like a like professional performer page but there is a, a tricks and trading group on facebook that's got a lot of members i think it has like over thirty thousand members oh, and people wow. are always you know posting in there like showing off what cute tricks their dogs have learned and stuff so and when you look but at it you're like amateurs <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, a lot of them are amateurs. So a lot of them are amateurs. You're like, you just had your dog sit. <laughs> yeah, so gotta start somewhere, Matt. Jeez. She's just constantly posting pictures of her Guinness World Records. <laughs> her dog eating the Guinness World Record certificate. <laughs> Maybe your dog could have another Guinness World Record of most parakeets eaten in a minute. In a minute. <laughs> oh. That's terrible, but if there were ever a record for, you know, bird eating, I think I think Feather would, would also be able to obtain that record. Funny, his name is Feather, too. Uh... I, I know, the irony of that. It's terrible. <laughs> so this is a little silly question. It's maybe a little juvenile. I once, on Johnny Carson, saw a guy with a dog. The guy was reading a newspaper, and the dog was sitting on top of his head, and then... Every time he turned the newspaper, the dog would look like he's reading it. And then once he put the newspaper down, the dog came over and acted like it was peeing on the newspaper. Physical comedy? Could you teach that to a dog? Like, that sort of stuff? Matt, what are you doing behind the scenes when I'm performing this show? <laughs> what are you doing? Do you not see Chuck Taylor jump off the bench, go over to my boss, hike his leg in the pissing position. Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. And then run back to the bench to me. This is true. He holds it for like five seconds. There's no way you could miss it. We do that in the show. It's great. I'm peeing myself. <laughs> You're taking yourself to potty. Yes. You're not looking at my twerking dogs or my pissing dogs. Those, for me, those are the two highlights of the show. <laughs> I mean, it, they definitely are. When Chuck hikes his leg, it looks fabulous. <laughs> so, is there anything that we can plug for you, like uh, like a vid, like a YouTube channel, or your Instagram, or your you website? Plug your show for Matt to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you know what? I'm gonna have to send you some videos to watch of this show because you're not paying attention. But yeah, um, actually, if you want to plug. Um, What's Gone Nuts is on Instagram. They're also on Facebook. Just plug our Facebook page. And my YouTube channel is um, Fly Dog 102. Fly Dog 102. I like zero to <laughs> 101 have been taken. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Sam. It's good to hear your voice. And I appreciate you uh, checking it out and being on with us. No problem. You guys are fun. You're funny. <laughs> thank Thanks you. For having me. Thanks, Sam. 
No talk- problem. I'll see you guys later. All right. Bye. So that's uh, Fly Dog 102 <laughs> on, on the YouTube. On YouTube, and there's a she has a great video of her doing a halftime show at a, a football game, and it is awesome. Ah. She, she's doing these frisbees. She's throwing the frisbees like a hundred yards, and the dogs are flying down the football field, and ca- it's phenomenal that's awesome she used to get one to play like frisbee golf the dog just wings it <laughs> oh yeah thing. absolutely and she's in a show called mutts gone nuts and that's mutts gone nuts.com check them out a funny and awesome dog show that she uh trains the dogs and is in the show with two of my other good friends so thanks to sam for coming on and i hope you guys like that awesome All right, thanks so much for listening. For more information and links to uh, all the stuff that we talked about today, go to... Oddandoffbeat.com. Yeah. And- we're also on all the social media. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> and... <laughs> Which is a new social site for <laughs> yeah. people who'd like air guns. Yeah. <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> Just do it into Surrey. Yeah. So, and go check out the, we have a new site and uh, it's got a merch page. It's got some really cool stuff with a cool design that we came up. We also got our new Patreon up and running. Yeah. And uh, that allows you to subscribe directly to uh, content that we've created for donors. Yep. And we have a $2 program, a $4 program. And an AA program. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Where we sell your urine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's all all gold all the time on episode 23 <laughs> so essentially what it is is you just sign up for what you feel comfortable if you want to donate to our program two dollars a month is the minimum and uh, you get we send you postcards we send you our weekly memes we give you an extra episode and then uh based off of how much you're willing to contribute we have uh crazier yeah. and cooler stuff my favorite donor us. level is a donor level where matt will come and spoon with you for one night <laughs> that is uh, that's the cheapest. That's the third <laughs> cheapest one. <laughs> uh, but there is one. Uh, it's actually five bucks more to have Matt not come spoon <laughs> with you. <laughs> There's one where I'll write you a custom poem about you. We do shout outs on the program. Yeah, we gets, send, send you a magic trick. Yep. Yeah, send you stuff from the road. So uh, check that out. And that's you can link to that on our website or just patreon.com backslash odd and offbeat. I think it's just slash now. I think the backslash ended in like 97. Oh, you stopped saying backslash? Yeah. Oh. No one says backslash anymore. Sounds like a superhero. Backslash. Yeah, I'm surprised there's Super not. villain would be backslash. Yeah, backslash. That's that's what I call Chicago cops. Ruining all HTMLs since <laughs> 1989. <laughs> um, so check that out. And uh, where can the fine people see you, Louie? Oh, on uh, October 24th, you can check me out at some place Matt booked me into. And I have no details on that. Oh, yeah. I haven't told you about that gig yet. Yes. <laughs> and the 24th. Fifth, I'll be at the Tin Room uh, in Burien, Washington. Yeah. I always keep my schedule updated at louisfox.com. So as soon as I get the information, information <laughs> hopefully soon, because it's tomorrow, from Matt. <laughs> it's at a winery. That's okay. where you're going. Oh, that narrows it down in Washington Sorry. State. Okay. okay. Um, Let me just text the wine commission. <laughs> what winery does has it, a comedy show? Does any winery <laughs> the having me perform? <laughs> Can you reach out to your membership? 
I'll get you the details. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> Where are you going to be this week? I will be performing on Royal Caribbean Empress of the Seas, doing uh, two cruises to Cuba. And is that uh, the letter C, like the Empress has some, some sea cups, or is it S-E-A-S? Uh, it's uh, S-E-A-S. And this right. is the cruise that I almost died on a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'll uh, be going back to Cuba on that ship. And funny enough, I'm bringing my mom and dad with me on the first one. Someone so, might die. Yeah. Someone, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that should be interesting. That should be fun. Taking my my dad's never been to Cuba, so oh, and nice. he's fluent in Spanish. So oh, now if I just go to Cuba, will you do the show on the dock for me? If if <laughs> yes, I will. If just you come me. to Cuba and you greet us when we show up and you have a Matt Baker uh, sign, I will do a show for you <laughs> like on the, the, the airport personally for you. <laughs> That's a solid deal. I, it was funny because like I had you know you know this podcast is huge in Cuba. Yeah, it's true. It's massive. <laughs> Uh, I, a couple weeks ago, I was performing on a Disney cruise and this dad came up to me. He goes, the thing that made this cruise worthwhile was being able to watch your show and laugh at the same time with my little kid. And I'm Aww. like, and I'm like, how much you pay for this cruise? <laughs> Like six grand, it's like give me, give me fifteen hundred dollars. I'll come to your house personally and do a show for you and your kid. And then you guys can just stare indifferently at me. Yeah, just give me that money. Um, if you wanted to send us your weird news stories, you can do that at info at oddandoffbeat.com. Be sure to check out our caption contest, our, our meme contest on all the social sites and the website. Yep, you can win some cool odd and offbeat swag. Absolutely, and I'll send you a cool picture from Cuba. There you go. If you win, I'll send you a picture from Cuba. I just saw the pictures today they yeah, are yeah i they printed are them out they're, they're pretty awesome and I'll, i will send you it's high gloss and he had them printed out yeah yeah i had i professionally printed out yeah so <laughs> uh so if you can folks tell your friends about this program please leave a review on itunes spotify anywhere where you're getting our podcast at and that helps us with the rankings yeah we want to we want to be the best weird podcast out there called the odd and offbeat podcast <laughs> so uh thanks so much for listening be sure to subscribe comment and rate us and i uh, hope you have a weird week we're out thanks for listening to the odd and offbeat podcast stay weird this show is sponsored by cuba a place where they don't allow sponsors cuba